Bitcoin is is way more than just some kind of uh, internet money. Bitcoin shows you it works. Bitcoin shows you it's better. Bitcoin shows you it's a better way to be. Hello and welcome from Peckham, South East London. This is the Genesis Block Education Podcast. And I'm your host, Bitcoin by Malx. Guys, before I jump into anything, I just really want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for your time, for listening, and, and thank you for your continued support. So, on to today's show. Today, I have a very special show as I'll be speaking to Benny Overton, who is an educator, writer, guru on all things Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, and just a brilliant mind. But there's a little twist with this conversation because Benny is in a unique circumstance where he's currently incarcerated in a US federal prison, having served eight years of a maximum 17 year sentence. So as a warning, as Benny is uh, incarcerated, you may hear some noises in the back, you may hear toilets flushing, you may hear people having conversations because he's on the floor, he's on the wing. Today, Benny and I discuss why Bitcoin is freedom. And on a title like that, there's no better person to really talk to. All I ask is that you come with an open mind, uh, open ears, and yeah, just soak up the conversation. So over to you, Benny, introduce yourself. Okay, hey, what's going on, Malcolm? Yeah, Mr. Benny, thank you for your time. Hey, what's going on? We're good, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. Yeah, before we jump into all the detail, I'll just give you a, a, a chance to introduce yourself to the listeners. Go ahead. Okay, well, uh, my name is Benny, Benny Overton. Uh, I'm from the United States of America. Uh, and um, I'm 41 years old. You are. I've been, I've been incarcerated for a little over eight years now, uh, since 2012. And uh, I'm in a uh, I'm in a federal prison actually. And um, for the last four years, I've uh, I've been studying and doing a lot of research. Twenty almost it feels like twenty four hours a day uh, on Bitcoin and Bitcoin and blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies. <clears throat> and uh, it, this is this is some very very serious technology. Um, I'm sure people um, have heard of Bitcoin and the volatility of the markets and price and stuff like that, but I can assure you that it's price action and market movements is the the least interesting part about about this technology. Um, this technology is changing our world as we speak. It's going to continue to change our world. Develop. Uh, uh, the development of software and the development of computer code is very easy to update, extremely easy to update. Uh, and when you have a global community contributing to this, um, to the to to the development and ideas that can be created from it, it's going to move at a breakneck speed. And um, a lot of people are missing it, and it's it's, it's blowing past them. So. Um, so you know, I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be here to uh, kind of um, explain this stuff to people who might be missing it. Um, I had a class at the last prison I was at. I taught the class for over a year, um, so that also helped 
with me, um, you know, with it. it. It also helped with me being able to explain this to people in a way that sure. they can get it because there's nothing to compare this to in the history of man. So it's very hard to explain to people who who you don't have it, something to, con, you know, like you can take the horse and you can take the car and you can compare the two as far as traveling is concerned. Sure. You know, you can take um, you can take the telegraph and the telephone and then the Internet and compare the three to see how we've come along. You know, but when it comes to money, it's very difficult to explain Bitcoin and why it's important. And and then money, because most people don't understand money. Most people don't understand how money is created. Most people don't understand the difference between currency and money. Mm-hmm. Um, so so um, it can be very difficult trying to explain Bitcoin to people who don't have a base knowledge of money. Definitely. Uh, of of accounting, uh, ledger systems, sure. and things like that. So, oh. so I'm here, and um, oh, I've I... written. I've also written. I've also written articles. You can go to a, a website called Block One Daily. Sure. Um, that's Block One. It's spelled out. One is not the number one. Block One Daily, yeah. and you can type in uh, Benny Benny Overton. I have about ten or eleven articles that I wrote last year. Sure. Um, at the for this website. Um, so, um, I've also uh, met a, a a lady in the UK about a year and a half ago. She has a website called incarceratus.com. Yeah. Or and um, I've also did some articles there, and um, I've did about five or six phone calls where I'm explaining the technology on the phone, telephone, uh, on the telephone with her. And she actually published those to. Uh, they're published on uh, uh, YouTube, so you can type in Benny Overton and Bitcoin on YouTube, and you can hear you can hear some of my uh, voice recordings off the telephone. It's really appreciate you uh, spending time with us and having this, this discussion. And in terms of no all your all your articles, we'll make sure we put all the links and shortcuts to them in the show notes, so anybody who wants to listen to them can have them at their fingertips. All right. But yeah. before we okay, so you, you, you're giving away some of your good stuff already. So let's 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 just take a step <laughs> back. <laughs> let's take a step back. So we wanna uh, okay. Uh, let's let's hear about okay. Benny. Let's hear about Benny. So tell me about yourself. Where did you grow up? All right. Where, where you from? Well, um, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. Um, I grew up in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in Georgia, uh, in the Atlanta area, and um. You know, I've been in Cincinnati my whole life. Sure. Grew up in Cincinnati. And, um, you know, uh, I got involved in the streets very early. Sure. About the age of 11, um, going to jail, back and forth to jail and stuff like that. I was always real smart, real intelligent. Yeah. Um, Clearly. I was in the third, I was in the third grade. Uh, they wanted to put me up in the fourth, they wanted to put me up in the fourth grade because they did, they did some extra tests on me that they didn't do to the other kids. And um, come to find out, I had a reading and comprehension level of a ninth grader in the third grade. So they thought it was, uh, you know, they thought it was a good move to ask my mom to put me up. But uh, she really didn't know what to do. I was living in the projects at the time, me and my mom and my sisters, you know, single mom. And, um, you know, um, so that didn't happen. But it was it was an indicator of, you know, of my level of intelligence, I, I, I would guess. And by the time I was in the seventh grade, I started getting in a lot of trouble in school. Mm. And um, and they called my mom to the school, and I thought I was in trouble again because I got you know I was getting in a lot of trouble by then. Yeah. 
Mm. And um, they told my mom that school wasn't a challenge for me and that they wanted to put me up in the, in the ninth grade. But they really wanted to just put me in the eighth to see how I did with the eighth, eighth grade material. But they knew I was way ahead of eighth grade material also. So mm. they, they, they thought that I really should be at least in the ninth grade. And this one, I'm like 12 years old. So um, they said school wasn't a challenge for me. I was one of the smartest kids they have ever seen. And they said, as long as school's not a challenge, I will continue to get in trouble. Right. And that's exactly what happened. I continue to get in trouble. And I continue to disrupt other other students in the yeah. class. And and it just it just you know it just it just got worse and worse and worse. So. So, so can you give can you give an, uh, a view of what Cincinnati was like in the sort of the late 80s 90s what was it what was the area like okay it, yeah. well cincinnati is a cincinnati is a is a is a is a okay city um i would you know i've been around been in new york i've been in atlanta i've been sure. to colorado springs um i've been a few other places i haven't left the united states yet yeah but um yeah i, I guess cincinnati is a it's a decent sized city the metro area to area is about 2.2 million people and um it's 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 opportunities but but then again there's no it's it's very racist also yeah um it's a very uh conservative it's, it's ran by you know uh uh conservatives and yeah. um and so so growing up I, I you know i i lived in the projects i lived in um i lived in uh, low-income uh uh neighborhoods mm-hmm. uh uh majority black neighborhoods and stuff like that so my environment wasn't the the best environment for uh, for role models, if if you could put it that way. So um, it was a lot of a lot of drug dealers, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, you know um, street uh, uh, neighborhood uh, groups. I wouldn't call them gangs because I didn't really grow up around no gangs like Bloods and Crips yeah, yeah. or GDs or stuff like that. And um, you know, it's just a lot of hustling and stuff like that. So, you know, that's what I ended up gravitating to. I, I started, I started seeing those things as what you know. That's what was cool. That's what people respected. Sure. So that's what I started gravitating to. What people respected. You know, um, I, I used to like to go to the library and read books and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, but but I saw a lot of my friends. They had older brothers and cousins and stuff that so dope and yeah, cool. They was highly respected in the neighborhood and so you know i kind of wanted that same image you know for myself it, it clearly sounds like you were influenced by your surroundings and also you were not challenged educationally as well so how how real is the school to prison pipeline something that we hear oh, wow. about a lot. Is, is, would you say wow. that took effect in your life the prison and school pipeline is so real and it's and it's so well orchestrated by the uh, by the designers of this system, man. When I got a little older, see one thing one thing about me, even though school wasn't a challenge or anything, I've always been thirsty and very, very hungry for knowledge. Yeah. And I've always and the main reason it's not really just knowledge. I just wanted to understand the world, yes. why things were the way they are. Cool. So when you want to know why, you're going to search for answers. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And, and, a, and a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people, they get to a certain age in life where they no longer care about the why. 
And I've never lost my passion for understanding or wanting to know why things are this way or why things uh, uh, happen or, or result in a certain in a certain thing. So um, the prison, the, the prison, the, the school, the prison pipeline come to find out, I come to find out that in the third and fourth grade, they're doing these reading and comprehension tests on students to find out where they are at a reading and comprehension level mm-hmm. and then taking that information and knowing how many prison cells that they would need to build in the next uh, 20 years or 15 or 20 years because they know by the by the third or fourth grade, if you're reading, if you're behind in reading and comprehension, you're not going to be able to catch up later on in school. Therefore, you're going to reserve, you're going to resort to a life of some kind of crime. And they they understand these metrics very well. Very interesting. And they have already planned these kids' future in a prison cell. And and they would rather put money towards building prisons than towards edu- you know uh, creating a better educational system because it's not the kids that are failing school; it's the school that's failing the kids. Yeah. So look at me for instance. Um, it wasn't a challenge. Yeah. And they clearly explained that to my mom. Uh, and they understood this clearly. But when you're looking at the teachers who are just there to get paid, they don't design the system. No. They don't d- design the curriculum. It's not coming from there. All they can do is a job. All they can do is teach from a book that, that, that they are given. Mm-hmm. And they have to teach it the way that the curriculum and the book tells them to teach it. So, um, or they won't have a job. Sure. So it comes from it comes from a, a high place, right? As far as how the school system is designed and how and how it should how it is supposed to cater to those who the system may not fit. It, it doesn't fit all kids. Um, I went to ITT Tech for a while. I, I've always continued my own education, mm. and I did mm. I did some years of college. Mm. One of the colleges I went to was ITT Tech. Mm-hmm. And one of the classes I took at ITT Tech was called Problem Solving. And the, the teacher there, he the, like the very first day in class, he he explained to us that in this and most of us that went to the public school system, we did not know how to think because the public, public school system doesn't teach you how to think. Basically it doesn't reasoning. teach you how to problem solve. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So. And and that was this was a class we had called Problem Solving, and we had to go through the basics. Of problem solving, how to how to ascertain uh, and measure what a problem is by getting as much information about the problem as possible. Therefore, you could you could understand what makes the problem tick, mm-hmm. what makes it work, mm-hmm. and if you understand all the intricate parts that make this problem work, then you know what pieces to remove so that it no longer works. Mm. Okay, and um, and I and and just going through these things through life, I look back and I look at and I read things about the the, the prison, the pipeline, the the school, the pipe, the school, the prison pipeline, and I see how real it is. It's not just a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. It is something that is real. It is a real design, and it's designed like that on purpose because you have some very um, psychopathic people. Mm-hmm. who are controlling things who are designing things you look at a prison in america and it's concrete and steel mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. and you go to some of these other prisons over in um germany 
and uh, the Cloud. Netherlands, yeah. <laughs> and they have it. They have it shaped and yeah. built like a community, like yeah. a neighborhood, yeah. because they're trying to condition these guys to go back into a community yeah. and be functional. Yeah. Okay, so when you hold somebody in a concrete and steel cage, and you're constantly yelling at them, and you're treating them like they're less than human when you release them back into a society what do you expect out of that person when you have conditioned them for years to be an animal you have treated them like an animal you have fed them like an animal you have spoken to them verbally over and over every day like an animal and then you release this person into a society in a community and you expect this person to be functional that is not realistic. And the, and the psychologists understand that. The psychologists that help design these systems understand mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. they do it so that they can create a a, a, a revolving door. Sure. They do that so that they can come and play yes, hero. Yes. They create a problem. And then they say, look, told you you need us. And here we are to play hero. So they're the, they're the firefighter and the arsonist at the same time, basically. The, the firefighter <laughs> and the arsonist are one and the same. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so Benny, it sounds like you 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 clocked onto the system quite early. How did you end up in your current situation? Okay, so now, um, okay, so I've 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 always sought to 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 reach for something better for myself, mm-hmm. um, and then. Throughout times in life, I've also found myself stuck in a rut, not knowing which way to go. Yeah. And um, then you left, and then you're left with your environment. Okay, you can either influence your environment, or your environment can influence you. Mm-hmm. Okay, your environment doesn't always have to influence you. Mm-hmm. And um, I try my best to influence those around me in my environment, mm-hmm. and they may listen for a while. Um, but then they tell you something like, hey, man, uh, the knowledge and stuff that you're talking is good. The books you're talking about is good. <laughs> but we got kids to feed. 100%. Man. Yeah, it's real. You know? Yeah. We got bills to pay, man. Mm-hmm. You know? So it comes down to guys are, you know, they'll listen to you. And they know you're a good guy. You know? But if you're not able to produce something to where people can latch on to it and help build, with, build onto it, okay, we're going to look at the financial system. Okay, the financial system and the monetary system um, that 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 uh, uh, that is blanketed over our world before before cryptocurrency, um, it was something that was forced upon us. Mm-hmm. Not only is it forced upon us, you don't have access to it. You don't have readily access to it. You could have great ideas all you want, but if you don't have the resources to build, if you don't have the um, educational environment that you can seamlessly flow into, right, to uh, help foster these ideas and bring people on board, it won't happen. So with me, I found myself stuck, um, you know, in my environment, mm-hmm. not having any resources or access to mm-hmm. people or, um, or, or, or communities, you know, to, to foster these ideas and great and great great ideas and things that I might, I might have that can make the world better for others. Mm-hmm. And, um, that can, and then you're, you're talking to people around you in your environment and you're trying to bring them on board your, with your ideas and they don't see it because they see that they constantly have to work and hustle. Yeah. So they don't have time to try to be creative or innovative. 
And for a person like me, that literally drove me crazy. Sure. You know, like like almost literally nuts. You understand? Yeah. And I found myself frustrated a lot. Mm-hmm. Frustrated with people. Mm-hmm. Frustrated with them with, with my environment. Frustrated mm-hmm. with just everything. Mm-hmm. And um so uh my house was broken into um some people that <laughs> some people that I was hanging with, you know come to find out they're the ones who broke in my own mm-hmm. and stole some stuff out of my house. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm walking down the street one day and I had words with a person mm-hmm. and um, and I showed a person a weapon. I didn't put the gun to his head or I didn't shoot him or try to shoot him. I didn't tell him I wanted his vehicle or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I did show the man a weapon. I told him mm-hmm. if I wanted to be on some bullshit, I could be on some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy jumped out of his vehicle and took off running and yelling. And I did jump in the man's car and took off. Mm-hmm. And so if anything, it would have been a car theft. Mm-hmm. It should have been a car theft. Mm-hmm. I was charged with carjacking. Okay. I went to trial carjacking it says that you have to 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 be guilty of carjacking you have to um take a person's vehicle uh uh with the intent to cause death or serious bodily harm these are the things that are necessary to convict a person of this crime i said okay i took the man's car okay i did show him a weapon i did not put a gun to his head i did not tell him to get out the car i did not tell him to give him the key i didn't i did not tell him to give me his keys mm-hmm. or any of that so i'm like okay i didn't do a carjacking did i steal the man's car yes mm-hmm. so i went to trial because my lawyer is telling me this is what needs to be proven to find me guilty i'm saying i didn't intend any death or serious bodily harm to this mm-hmm. man i didn't try to hurt him i didn't ask him to get out the car I went to trial all white jury convicted me of car jacking okay and and the judge sentenced me to 17 years for car jacking are you serious for carjacking i was so, sentenced to 17 years for carjacking yes wow. sir so how much is that influenced by your previous record how much well my previous record is just uh weapons and uh, a few drug possessions wow so I've never had anything violent or anything on my criminal record. Wow. So I mean, no robberies. I've never had a robbery on my criminal record. I've never had any violence on my criminal record. Nothing like that. And ha, ha, I, I mean, I'm speechless. I, I'm I'm literally speechless. Uh-huh. And would you say that your legal team was? sufficient to to see you through that case because it doesn't sound like well, the, the ruling is well, but yeah this is the legal team i don't think was the problem not at the not at the trial level anyway okay at the appellate level i would i would say otherwise but uh at the trial level it was the the judge and the prosecutor pretty much did all the work together whatever the prosecutor couldn't do the judge made sure yeah. he did um and the judge uh, the judge literally uh, talked to my attorney as if he was his child or something and repeatedly told him, I know it's a problem. I know it's a problem, but uh, that's what the appellate court is for. And my attorney was actually showing the judge all of the cases that went in my favor mm-hmm. during the trial and during my Fourth Amendment suppression hearing. And, um, and the judge completely ignored 
anything that would have helped me, the judge completely ignored whatever it was my lawyer showed him to support our position. It was ignored. And anything that the prosecutor said, whether it, whether it was provenly false or, or not, he the judge chose to 100% ride with the prosecutor. And whatever the prosecutor could not show, the judge pretty much brought it to to his attention and said, hey, you could just say this. Uh, you know, my lawyer is telling the judge, you can't do that. You can't. Oh, I know it's a problem, Richard. I know it's a problem, but that's what the appellate court is for. Mm-hmm. You can take it up with the appellate mm-hmm. court. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then at the appellate level, um, these claims that my lawyer, uh, that, that my trial lawyer, the claims that was ignored by my trial, you know, by the judge at the trial, my appellate lawyer brought these to the appellate court and the appellate court completely ignored them and went along with the rulings from the lower court judge. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying to myself, okay, that's impossible. It's three judges on the panel. There's three judges on the appellate panel. Hmm. And I'm saying to myself, there's no way in the world three judges missed these three issues. And I'm saying to myself, that's impossible. So that's that's when it kind of hit me in the chest. Hmm. And it let me know that the corruption was very high. Hmm. Because there's no way in the world three judges can miss the same three issues. Is that's no, why you have a panel. Is there no appeals process or any anything? That is the appeal. That wow. is the appeals process. That is the appellate court. Jeez. The three judges on the panel. That's the appellate court. That's the appeal process. So if they ignore your things, if they are corrupt, you pretty much you're pretty much you pretty much have no chance at all. Hmm. That's it. That's your chance. Um, the last chance you have is uh, is like trying to shoot shoot the moon with a thirty eight pistol, <laughs> and that's the and that's the Supreme Court. That's wow. the United States Supreme Court. They only accept about, uh, I think, uh, uh, ninety eight cases a year or something like that out mm. of thousands and thousands and thousands of petitions every mm. year that come to their mm. court, and you know probably three hundred thousand petitions a year come to their court, and they pick like ninety eight cases out of hundreds of thousands of cases per year so uh that's like trying to shoot the moon with a with a bb gun or something and i've been to the appellate court three times i've 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 petitioned the the supreme court three times and mm -hmm. all three times they just deny review are are you doing this alone or is there a team working with you are you literally trying to appeal? no i'm doing this all alone i'm doing this alone no, I have no team. I have no money. I have no lawyers. No, sir. Um, have you? I have you engaged or reached out to the? Uh, forgetting what they're called. The I've written. I've written letters to. Oh, I forgot what they're called. At least fifteen different law schools. Yeah. From Georgetown to. Uh, the Innocence Project. The Innocence Project. All kind Project. of law schools. I've, yeah. I've written three different Innocence Projects. Mm-hmm. One in New York. One in Cincinnati. Um and another one somewhere else. I've written three innocence projects. They told me they only take DNA cases. They don't take cases like yeah, mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've true. written the NAACP. Wow. And I've written the ACLU. They said they only do class action cases that would that would um that would affect you know multiple people mm-hmm. at once. They don't take single cases like mine. Mm. Um, the, all of the law schools I wrote to, they all wrote back and said they don't take cases like mine. Mm-hmm. 
and um and that was back in like 2014 2013 well 2014 when the appellate court came with their decision that's when i started writing all the law schools and the naacp the aclu and um and i pretty much started firsthand discovering that all of these things were put up for show mm. they're not real yeah none of it is real so, the so they show you in a movie that one person they show you that that gets justice out of the system that one person they <laughs> yeah, always show yeah. you yeah yes. yeah that that none of that shit is real so to, to just in a nutshell your view of the u.s criminal justice system is is one that is corrupt the u.s criminal justice system is a system of kidnapping they're kidnapping people from their families um and they are putting them in a perpetual state of slavery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um you have no recourse you have no real uh you have no real real route to any kind of appeal level any type of appeal they have one or two people a year that they show get some kind of justice and they win an appeal but 90 99% of people they're railroading so therefore if there's no if there's no real law if you're not following the constitution if you're not following your own constitution and the laws you've written then that means there is no law that means there is no constitution. Mm-hmm. That means everybody that you got trapped off in these prison systems are kidnapped victims. That's mm-hmm. what that means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just in terms of an impact on your family life and um, and your community, would you, can you give a bit of sort of insight into that? How, how has it directly impacted your family? Wow. Um, hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure you've got well, a lot to say, but just to the touch only person me. I, the only person I really have had on my side constantly is um my mother, mm-hmm. and you know that's it. She's been she's been with me the entire time. Yeah, I have a sister. She's married and she has two sons. Yeah, she's she has she just finished school about two years ago with her master's degree. Yeah, she's been working extremely hard. Cool. You know to keep her her life together and to make sure her family is taken care of. Um, And my mother's been, she, she, she's pretty much been there, you know, helping me, you know, pretty much carrying this weight for me. She's the one been supporting me. She's the one sends me money Mm. uh, every week to make sure I don't really need for anything uh, Mm. or have to ask for anything or, you know, as far as that goes, um, I have a son, he's 10 years old. Mm. Um, I didn't have contact with his mother for, with him or his mother, mm-hmm. for my first eight years. Wow. Um, I was transferred to a prison where inmates they are they they get phones snuck in and yeah, and I was able to get my hands on one of the phones for a thousand dollars. Wow! You know my mother, my mother hit the my mother hit the lottery. Thank God, and uh, she was willing she was willing to. Uh, yeah. Pay a guy a thousand dollars for me to have a phone, and um, and one of the main reasons was I told her I said that you know I've been I've been I've been you know I've been studying this cryptocurrency stuff for four years, ma. I can help us if I can get my hands on one of these phones. <laughs> I can help us. <laughs> yeah, man. we're gonna talk so, about all of so, that in a second, man. Yeah, go so, yeah. So uh, you know, luckily, you know, my mom believed in me enough to say, yeah. you know what, I'm a, I'm gonna pay this thousand dollars to help you get this phone now. Yeah. You know, and I hope they don't take it from you. I said, well, I'll make sure I'm safe. 
just quickly going back to the uh, US um, industrial prison complex. How, how much do you feel is... Okay, so just run a quick stat. So 25% of the world's prison population, the US has 25% of the world's prison population, which is... Crazy yeah. statistics. Yeah. Well, if I can go, if I can go a little more in depth with that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, if I can go a little more in depth with that, you mm. if you study the United States prison system, you'll see that there's a lot of big players involved. Of course. Um, a lot of big, big players. A lot of big companies. A lot of big banks. Um, a lot of insurance companies. They have been been getting very wealthy off this prison system. And you can trace that back all the way to the black codes. You can trace it all the way back to Jim Crow. Hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. You can trace it back to that. Yeah, it's been very lu- It's been a very lucrative industry mm. for um, you know to transition black people from slavery to convict. You know, from slaves to being felons. Um, it's one and the same. It's the system just it just it just molded a bit to to a new form um it's the same thing but a new form yeah it's the same creature a different skin mm-hmm. um so it, there's a lot of huge companies even from the uk um <laughs> come to find <laughs> out uh, in the uk um there's there's companies in the uk that actually uh um have that actually own the copyright of american law um, so it goes all the way back to the UK with, with corporations and banks that always are involved does. in the United States prison <laughs> Always points back to the UK. Always does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, because the, the, the United States is really a baby of the UK. It's, mm-hmm. it's a child. It's a progeny of the UK. Mm-hmm. And um, even though they tell us that they, they tell us that the United States, you know, achieved some kind of independence from the UK. Um, in a sense, that's nowhere near true, mm. because they're they have always been in debt with the bankers of the UK, mm. and that's who you know. You are, of course you know whoever pays the piper, you know, calls the tune, and that's what it's always been. Um, so, so when you when you look at the when you look at the United States prison system, it's it's a business, and it always has been a business, and. Um, and and that's what it is a for profit business so they 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 need to they need a constant flow of bodies they need a constant flow of offenders yeah. felons convicts they need a constant flow of that um in order to in order to continue to be lucrative so every few years they come up with these laws that make to make people stay in prison longer mm-hmm. they come out with more laws they criminalize more things mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is how they have been feeding their families. This is how they've been sending their kids to the best schools in the country. Mm -hmm. And, um, who wants to give that up? You know, there's a lot of people who have been living off this for generations. Everybody that has a job has a four that has a 40k one, a 401k. I'm sorry. That has a 401k. There are plenty of prison stocks in your 401k. Yeah. And they force you. They force you to have a 401k. They won't let you cash it out or any of that. And they force you to take your money that you work for and invest it in prisons. 
And people don't even know that this stuff is in their 401k. Mm-hmm. They don't even know that their money is being used to run prisons. You know, it's sad, man. It's real sad. It's terrible how the victims of this system are forced to 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 eat them. It's like it's like forcing a person to eat itself. Mm. You know, mm. starting at the toe. <laughs> Give you a knife and a fork, mm. and you got to start eating yourself. Start at the toe, you know. And that's all. That's, it's, it's it's insane. And now that it's being threatened, when the prison system is being threatened, when the police officers that fuel the prison system with bodies that 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 keep it full of bodies, when the police are being threatened, yeah. okay, um, that is threatening the prison system. That's threatening a lot of people's <laughs> money. A lot of big, huge players are being threatened by, you know, losing this lucrative industry. So they're going to wild out. They're going to they're going to act out. They're going to get more vicious. They're going to get more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're seeing cops doing. They're getting more aggressive. They're 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 wilding out because their bosses, which are the judges. A lot of judges have money invested in prison systems. Oh, yeah. They own tons of stocks. So of course they're going to find as many people guilty and give them a, give them long prison sentences, give them the longest prison sentences they could give out, because it's going to continue to put food on his table. It's going to continue to send his kids and grandkids to the best schools. You understand? Yeah, I understand. Fully. So it's a very vicious system. And um, if people if people think it was worse in eighteen sixteen than twenty twenty or eighteen twenty than twenty twenty. Then you have another thing coming. Twenty twenty is way worse than eighteen sixteen. Yeah, the I mean the prison population in the U.S. has exploded. Uh, the U.S. is clearly yes. has a love affair with slave labor, uh, and and that, yes. and that's yes. increased since slavery. Uh, that that's yes. a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, because you got more people today in prison than you had slaves in the entire country in eighteen sixteen. Today you have more blacks in prison than there were actual slaves. So just just in terms of looking forward, the U.S. election is on the way. Uh, do you see any candidate potentially coming out with policies which would improve or reduce the amount of prisoners? Let's just say, for example, where you have uh, non-violent offenders. Is there anybody who is a, a positive well, beacon? In terms of well, let's put this yeah. let's put this in perspective first and foremost. Okay, we know what Donald Trump is about. Yeah, so we don't even have to discuss yeah. him. <laughs> let's <laughs> look at let's look at Joe Biden. Yeah, Joe Biden wrote the ninety four crime bill. Yeah, the ninety four yeah. crime bill destroyed more black communities than anything in this country has ever done. Yeah, yeah, the ninety four crime bill locked up more people than ever before in this history so when you're looking at these numbers of the united states prison system and how it got there joe biden is the root he wrote the 94 crime bill so for somebody to have faith that he is going to come and somehow have some giant change of heart and even if he did have a change of heart you can't reverse the damage you can't reverse the psychological damage that has been done to the people locked up or the children of those people you have locked up or the economic disaster in those communities that you caused. You cannot undo that. So for me to say 
he should be the best candidate and give us and let's give him a chance. That's like taking um, that's like taking Hitler and saying that he's had a new a change of heart and let's let's bring him to Israel and make him the prime minister of Israel because <laughs> yeah. he's going to fix things now because he know he did wrong. Now what sense does that make? And um, I, I had Kamala, I can't even say her name. Yeah, yeah. So then you bring a black woman along, along to your side and you make the, and you make the poison a little sweeter. Mm. You add sugar to the poison. Mm. Okay. And you say it's good to drink, taste it. Do you see? Do you see any hope in this in this whole system? I don't believe in this system. Period. Because okay. of what I've witnessed with my own two eyes, what I've experienced in life with this system, with the United States of America, this 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 constant, this so called constitution that is not real. I've never ever. It's a piece of paper. It's nothing. It's not honored. It's not enforced. None of that. So I don't believe in anything with this system. I don't believe in voting. I don't think it works, especially when you're two when you, when when you're two choice when they give you two options which are both poison. I, I just don't believe in this system. Period. I believe in decentralization. I've learned about Bitcoin. I've learned about decentralization. I've learned what it means. I've learned that it can't be censored. I've learned that more people when they become aware of what it allows them to do and the freedom that it brings that they will be on board. And now all it takes is for people to realize that this is that decentralization is bigger than just a cryptocurrency. You can decentralize governance and make it fair. You can decentralize justice. You can decentralize all kinds of things that our society is built upon. And you can make it fair to where it's not a group of racist people or a group of hateful people somewhere who make all the decisions. That is going to change our world. And I don't know if all of these people will have to die off first. Maybe that's maybe that's what's going to have to happen. Maybe all the people that do believe in this system that we have today, maybe it's maybe they're going to all have to die off. And maybe I won't be here to see it. But one thing I know is decentralization is the future. It's going to be. I'm pushing it. I'm trying to teach as many people as possible what mm -hmm. it means. Mm -hmm. Um. And I'm trying to show them that Bitcoin is is way more than just some kind of uh, internet money. I'm trying to show them that decentralization, that that Bitcoin shows you it works. Bitcoin shows you it's better. Bitcoin shows you it's a better way to be. And that same system can be implemented anywhere in our society to take the middleman away, to take the corrupt leaders and move them to the side because they no longer matter do you think bitcoin cares about what the banks think do you think bitcoin cares that the government wants to track all transactions or or tax people or stop you from sending money from one country to another bitcoin cares nothing about that but bitcoin is a more fair system and it's better and it brings more freedom to people it also brings people out of poverty when they realize that if they use this form of money it will increase in value and make their lives better.
and that really leads us into the second part of this conversation where we are talking about Bitcoin. So, in your own words, what is Bitcoin? <laughs> I have a lot to say. Are you I have have good. I mean, say. love it, man. This is brilliant stuff. This is amazing stuff. I have a whole stuff. lot to say. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, okay. Let, let, let's let, let's do it differently. Let's just say if you were talking to someone who did not know anything about cryptocurrency or whatever, what, how would you explain what Bitcoin is to them? Or let's say, how would you explain it to someone in a similar situation to yourself? Which I've done many of times. Yeah, yeah. Which I've, um, and it's gonna it's, it's explaining Bitcoin is gonna always depend on the person you're hundred percent. It all depends on what their background knowledge is. Um, that is if, well. you have, if, you're, if you're dealing with a person that has no knowledge whatsoever, that has no preconceived <laughs> notions about the world and how the world is supposed to be, you'll have a better chance of that person understanding it. Oh, and okay. getting it quicker than quicker than a person that doesn't know that a, a person that thinks they know. No, yeah, 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 how yeah. the world is ran. Yeah, yeah. Okay, true, you got a true. lot of people who. True. They think the world is supposed to work a certain way. They yeah. think money is money. They don't know the source of how money is created and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. You have somebody who is who has went to school and got a master's degree in uh, financing and accounting, and you try to tell them about Bitcoin. Yeah, they're 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 the hardest people to convince. Hundred and ten percent. Yeah, you can't convince those people. Yeah, they think they know it already. They think they know money. They think they understand everything about money. So when yeah. you talk about Bitcoin, they say, "Oh, I'm a financial yeah. uh, advisor. Uh, you know, I'm a Wall Street guy. I know all about money." It's like, okay, that's a dead mission. You can't get anywhere with that person. <laughs> um, so you'll be better off trying to explain it to a person that has absolutely no knowledge of anything, because mm-hmm. you, you, you—that's a foundation you can build upon. Mm-hmm. And um, so dealing with a person that has a foundation to build upon, I was I always start off going going back with money and money creation, how money came about being. And and um, and I and and I'm going to credit that to Andreas Antonopoulos, because um, I read his book, The Internet of Money, at least eight, nine, ten, probably at least 12, 13, 14, 15 times out of all three volumes. Mm -hmm. He does it so well. Amazing. He explains it so well. Yeah. And he always starts off with the history of money. And um, if a person will sit there long enough for you to explain the history of money, <laughs> then you can show them why Bitcoin makes sense. You can show them why Bitcoin is necessary. Mm-hmm. And um, and you can show them what it means. Um, and from there, once you get that laid out, you have a real foundation to explain blockchain technology and how it can pertain to anything else. Um, another thing is public key encryption. You got to start there also. When you give a person the background of money, you then you have to take them to what public key encryption is. Okay. And um, so public key encryption is going to be a private key and a 
public key. Mm-hmm. Your public key is like your mailing address. It's like your email address. Mailbox. I always Anyone use the mailbox. Can... The mailbox. Yeah. Whereas if you've yeah. got the key to the mailbox, you've got the yes. private key. That's the private the, key. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, private yeah, yeah, key yeah, is I the key that. to the mailbox. Yeah, 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 yeah. The public key is the address, address to the mailbox. Yeah, totally. If you have the address, you can send mail to the mailbox. Mm-hmm. If you have the public key, you can open the mailbox. Yeah. And you can open the front door to the house. So your private key has to stay private. Your public key, you can put it on a blimp and fly it across the sky. <laughs> you can you can paint it on every corner in the neighborhood, and and um, and it matters not who sees your public key because mm. the only thing a person can do with your public key is send you something. Now these two public key, this public key and this private key, they are encryption tools. They can encrypt any any piece of data can be encrypted with these keys. Mm-hmm. So they have something um, uh, so if you do a transaction, Bitcoin is built on this. This is what this is what allows Bitcoin to be Bitcoin transactions to be secure. This public key can be used to encrypt a transaction. And what happens is the public key can only be opened with the private key. So everybody has their own public and private key. So if I want to send you some coins, I take the coins that are sitting at my private in my public in my public address and I grab your public address and I encrypt it. Mm-hmm. I encrypt those coins with your public address. Mm-hmm. So I no longer control those coins. Mm-hmm. Nobody no can double control spend. those coins. No double except spend. the person who yeah. holds the matching private key. And that's how a transaction works. Now a digital signature is going the opposite way. A digital signature is where my private key is used to go over the encryption of your public key. So therefore you can take my public key because it goes both ways. Only my public key will unlock anything encrypted with my private key. Mm-hmm. So the world has my public key. Only I have my private key. Mm-hmm. So if I encrypt something using my private key and no other public key in the world will open it but my public key, you are 100%, you can 100% guarantee that I am the one who signed this message. Mm-hmm. That's called a digital signature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how digital signatures work. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bitcoin uses both of these technologies. We'll touch upon those in a second. I just want to quickly ask, how did you get into Bitcoin? How- well, I was in a prison in Florida, and um, every morning I would get up, and um, I would fix me a cup of coffee early in the morning before they called breakfast, so it would be maybe 5.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock, 5.30, 5.45, 6 o'clock in the morning, I would fix me a cup of coffee, and I would walk to the uh, TV area and see what's going on on CNN, see what's happening in the world. And uh, uh, there was a new guy in the prison, tall, a, a real tall, light-skinned guy with a big beard. He was a Muslim. And um, he was from uh, California, Utah area, out that way. And he would stand by me and talk to me every morning. As if we were best buddies. And I, I didn't know this guy from anywhere. I didn't know this guy from a can of paint. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, in prison, you don't just open up and just start, you know, talking to strangers. 
So I'm wondering to myself, you know, why does guy keep talking to me like, you know, like we're familiar with each other or something. So a lot of times when he would start talking to me, I would just spin off and walk away on him. You know, I didn't know the guy. And um, he would do this almost every morning. And he hadn't even been in the prison a week or two. And I'm like, okay, this guy just, uh, you know, it was kind of weird to me. This guy keep talking to me like we know each other. So a couple of times I, I responded to him about something that was on the news. And one day we saw something on the news and we started talking and um, it was something about some hackers or something. I don't know. And uh, he asked me if I had heard about Bitcoin. And, I, you know, I'm, I never heard of no Bitcoin. And I'm like, uh, so I say, uh, well, what is this? No, I never heard of that. What is that? He's like, oh, it's some money they're using on the, on the Internet now. So, you know, you know, Facebook, I got locked up in 2012. I'm, I was pretty you know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say tech savvy, mm -hmm. but, you know, I knew my way around a, the Internet. I knew my mm -hmm. way around, you know, a, a keyboard. I, you know, I had a phone. I had a smartphone and everything before I got locked up. And I'm like, on the Internet, some money. I'm thinking it's probably some something they're using on Facebook or Instagram or something. Well, sure. I don't know, Twitter or something. And I'm like, well, no, nah, I ain't never heard of that. So I, I immediately, as soon as he said Internet money, I dismissed it immediately. Like, no. Nah, nah, <laughs> Yo, nah. cool. So he was like, uh, yeah. he was like, yeah, man, they're using it. And he was all excited. Yeah, they're using it on the Internet, man. And I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. And uh, he said, well, man, my buddy sent me a book about it. And he was like, it, it might be here today or tomorrow. He was like, uh, I'll let you read it. So I'm like, okay, I'm, it, it sounds interesting enough for me to say, all right, I'll read it if it was offered to me, but I'm not going to go out and try to yeah. find out what it is. Yeah, yeah. All right, I wasn't that interested where, let me go find out what is Bitcoin. And um, so showing up like a day or two later, we're standing in front of the TV. They're doing mail call. They call his name. I see two books in his hand that the officer handed him. And one of them was an orange book. <laughs> and uh, that orange I said, "Is that?" I said, "That's your, that's your books right there, huh?" And he said, "Yeah, man, it's this the book that that my my buddy said he was sending me." And I said, "Let me see it." And it said, "The Internet of Money." And I looked at it, and it didn't look like anything goofy. And I'm like, "All right, all right." He's like, "Yeah, man, you first one in line." Man. As soon as I finished reading, it was a little thin book. So uh, he walked away with the book or whatever. So then the next day, I'm in the computer room where they have computers for us to write emails back and forth to our family members and stuff. And um, he sat next. You know, I was coming out of the computer room, and he was like, hey, man, I want to talk to you. So I come out of the computer room, and we're walking towards his cell. And uh, we're standing by the wall by his cell. And he say, uh, yeah, man, I'm reading the book. And they're talking about, you You know, they, they're talking about, they taught monkeys how to use money. And they gave them some certain rocks that they could take the rocks and turn them in and get bananas. And they showed these monkeys how to use these rocks as monkey. I mean, as money. And he said, you know, the first thing these monkeys invented was robbery and prostitution. And I, and then he had me laughing. And I'm laughing and laughing. And I'm saying, man, you keep telling me about this daggone book. I said, uh, I said, in a minute, man, you're going to have to go in there and just get that book, man. Just let me read it. I'm tired of hearing you telling me about the book. Because they told me some other stuff about the book. And uh, he walked over to his cell, got the book, and came out. He said, man, uh, he said, I got about 10 or 15 pages left. I'm going to just let you finish it because I got some other stuff I got to do. I'm going to let you finish it. I'm like, no, nah, I was just I was just joking with you, man. I didn't really want you to go get the book. 
He said, no, 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 I know where I'm at. I'm right here. I got about 10 pages left. He said, I'm going to let you finish it, man. Nice. And then I'll finish it after you finish. And that man gave me that book. And uh, we finished talking. I went to the room. And I read the first two pages. And I was completely blown away. Off the first two pages of that book, I understood what it meant. I immediately understood the implications. I immediately understood that this system was on its way down. I immediately understood that this would change the world. First two pages. Wow. I haven't looked back since. I have ordered book after book after book. I have read every article on the internet possible that you could find. Mm -hmm. I have I have went to the library every single day and grabbed the Wall Street Journal looking for any articles on blockchain or Bitcoin. Oh, wow. And I've been doing that for four years straight and I haven't stopped. Wow. Every piece of information I could gather, I have been consuming it. Just just to, for anybody who's listening, if you haven't read uh, Andres's book, uh, Andres Antopoulos, Antom I can't even say his name, Antonopoulos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, in in the Internet of Money is an amazing book, really opened my eyes as well. So just to the whole Bitcoin and blockchain space and, and the potential. Um, so yeah, definitely go out and grab it. But yes, you, you're saying basically that book really kind of opened the door to, to this space for you. That book is what brought me here. That book is what changed my life. That book completely um, put me on a mission, gave me new hope. Yeah. It, it, when I thought this world would, could never could could never be saved. Mm. Um, I understood Strong my first words, two yeah. pages of, into that book. I understood that this world not only has a chance, but this old world has no chance. The world that we're looking at now has no chance whatsoever. It doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell. Um, and Donald Trump and the things you're seeing, the police killing blacks and, and all the racist people coming out, what you're seeing is a cry for help. They want to survive. They want to stay here. And they know they're on their way out. Interesting. So just in terms of, obviously... Uh, your 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 position and people who have heard of Bitcoin have all often heard it related to criminals. What, what when people say ah oh, Bitcoin is criminal uh, yeah. money and and whatever? Well, what, what's your, what's your view on that? Well, uh, my view on that is it's gonna have to be you have to look at who's telling you this. Right. The real criminals are the ones telling you this because they're threatened. They have a Ponzi scheme called the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar is a Ponzi scheme. Elaborate on that. What the, what, what the, well, what I mean by that is that it's, it trickles down from the top all the way down to the bottom. And those at the top, they can manipulate every single dollar any way they want to. And they can make sure their buddies and their friends have as many dollars as they want them to have. Yeah, true. And those at the bottom have to scrape and they have to fight and they have to hustle to try to get uh, 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 just a few dollars. And mm. those at the top, they have more than everybody at the bottom put together. Yeah. So it's a Ponzi scheme because you have to keep bringing people in mm. uh, uh, for, it to, for it to work. And the minute people stop coming in, 
It's like if you look at the social security system in the United States, the minute us, the people who are paying taxes today to put money into the social security system, they are paying for, um, they are paying for the old people now, people that are old. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing for them when they get old. That's a Ponzi scheme. Mm -hmm. Because the people who, who are last in, they get left out to dry. They get left. They get left out to dry. Yeah. Um, and the U.S. dollar and the banks are doing the same thing. They control everything from the top. They ask everybody at the bottom to do all of the work yeah. and to pay the taxes to try to repay the Federal Reserve for the uh, for the bonds that they issued. Mm. Um, so it's it's like a, it's a pyramid scheme. Very and yeah. those at the top, they are well off. And those at the bottom who are coming in, they get the short end of the stick and will always have the short end of the stick. So how Bitcoin obliterates that. So, OK, so you're saying that Bitcoin is going to obliterate this or potentially can obliterate this existing system. Yes. What sort of time frame are we talking? Well, how do you see this playing out? Bitcoin. I'm not going to say specifically Bitcoin because yeah. Bitcoin is the least of their words. Yeah. You have things like Litecoin and Bitcoin Cash and yeah, Digibyte and, and you have things like Ampleforth that are directly uh, 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 or even DAI or even USDT yeah. or even Tether, uh, you know, or even, God forbid, Facebook, Libra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those things are directly challenging yeah. government money. Yeah, Libra, Facebook Libra is not a threat or a challenge to Bitcoin whatsoever. Right. It's only a threat and a challenge to government money. Definitely. That's, that's it. And a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't get it. A lot of people say, oh, Facebook's coming up with its own coin. It's going to destroy Bitcoin. And it's like, no, it could never destroy Bitcoin. It's not even, a, it's not even nothing on Bitcoin's radar. But what it is, it is on the government's radar yeah. because yeah. because Facebook has over two billion users, and if you have two billion users that can use some little fake fake Facebook money and they can transfer value anywhere around the world without MoneyGram, without Western Union, without U.S. dollars, well, again, that's one more reason that nobody needs the U.S. dollar anymore. And once the U.S. dollar is exposed. As far as no longer being an international reserve currency, okay, when that gets exposed, then we'll see that it's overinflated. And when we see it's overinflated, you'll see, just like in Venezuela, just like in Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. what happens when your currency gets overinflated. The best thing you can do with it is build a fire. Do you, do you see that being a peaceful? Because I don't see it being sort of the, the US dollar falling away. That whole transition, okay. I, I can't see it being peaceful. What happens? Oh, peaceful? Yeah, I mean, as in... Of course sure, not. Sure, blood must get of spilled. Course not. <laughs> of right? course not. They're yeah. going to raise hell. Yeah. They're going to cause... Well, they're going to try their best to cause war not, but... anywhere around the world because then yeah. they can say that, okay, they can justify their existence if they can cause a war somewhere because the only thing they have left is weapons. Everything they've invested in is weapons. Yeah. Okay, so when the dollar crashes and you have nothing but a box of weapons left, 
what do you do? Yeah, the US dollar is definitely backed by the US Army. <laughs> said, that, that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I think so, so once so once so once your dollar goes to shit, what do you have left besides a box of weapons? You're gonna pull those weapons out. Yeah. And you're gonna try your best to scare people and threaten people and you're not gonna really wanna sell those weapons because now you need something to try <laughs> to to uh yeah. to justify your existence with. You're going to start something somewhere and you're going to say you need to be there to save the people. Mm. Mm. As the same trick you've been doing forever. We hip to the trick now. So that trick don't work. You tried to bully Venezuela down there because Venezuela created its own cryptocurrency and they backed it. It's called the Petro. If you didn't know, yeah. Venezuela has a cryptocurrency that they forked from Monero. So it's a privacy coin and they backed it with oil, gold, silver and iron. Mm. Okay, and the U.S. government tried to bully its way down there and tell somebody else that they was the legitimate president. And yeah, yeah, the yeah. U.S. Guido. dollar tried to Guido. do a coup, yeah. uh, and they tried to go down there. And Russia and China both spoke up and said, "Well, hold on now, they owe us money, so we're going to be here to protect our interests. You're not going in there." And that that foiled that plan. Okay, so that didn't work. Mm. Okay, so we see now that they're not the military power that they used to be. Mm -hmm. They're not the economic power that they used to be. A lot of people don't know this. A lot of people think America is still this big giant world bully and it's not. And it's going to get weaker and they're going to be exposed. And I tell you, I tell you, within the next year and a half, they will be exposed for who they really are. All right, so let's jump back to some Bitcoin fundamentals and we'll pull some of uh, the golden nuggets from Andreas's book to talk on. So we're going to talk a little bit about sort of key principles in Bitcoin. So in terms of open, borderless, neutral, censorship resistant and public, can you just explain what that means from, from Andreas's book? Okay. Well, can you run those down? You said open, censorship resistant, and public. What's the other one you said? So borderless. Oh, should we do it one by one? Let's do it one by one. I think open. What does open mean? Okay. Open. Open means there is no kind of gate. There's no gate. There's no vetting system. There's. If you want to join the network, you can join the network. Mm-hmm. If you want to build on top of this code this network you can build on it you don't need permission um you can come and go as you please it's open and i don't care if you're black or white i don't care if you're green or blue i don't care if you're from turkey or australia (laughs) i don't care if you have one leg and and blind uh, blind and deaf it doesn't matter it's an open system anyone is welcome and anyone can leave when they get ready it's open and borderless, of course, means there's no borders. Yeah. Okay. It's not a fence around it. Yep. Um, you're free to leave and go as you want. If you want to join, you can come on in. If you want to be part of the community, you can join. And you don't have to do any physical uh, traveling. Yep. It's borderless currency. You can transfer this money to whoever, whenever. If you build something on this system, if you take a great idea and you build on it, and somebody in another country somewhere likes it and wants to use it, they can use it permission-free, and it's borderless. Censorship resistant. There's no way you can censor this. It can't be disrupted. 
you can't blacklist the people on in, in the in the on the community or in the, in the network. You can't restrict anything any anything from anybody. You can't seize anything from anybody. You can't freeze transactions. Yeah. Um, it's censorship resistant. There's nothing you can do to disrupt this system. It's mm-hmm. a it's a decentralized system, and the only thing you could hope to disrupt is individuals at the individual level. Okay, neutral. The Bitcoin network is neutral because if I build something on a Bitcoin blockchain and the miners mine uh, a block of transactions, they don't care what kind of information might be attached to a transaction. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. they don't care if I'm sending a message or Bitcoin. They don't care if I'm sending a picture that they don't care. It's it's neutral. Um, that that there's there's no one saying, oh, he sent too much money. You can't send that much yeah. money. You could send a billion dollars in one transaction, and mm. people have already done that. Mm-hmm. People have already sent nine hundred million dollars in one single transaction yeah. Yeah. just to show the world what can be done on this Bitcoin network. Yeah. People have already sent transactions with seven hundred million dollars in one transaction. Yeah. Um, people people use the Bitcoin network to put uh, 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 um, proposals to their to their girlfriends to marry them. Oh, really? Knowing I that, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. You can. It, it's a website called um, Blockchain Graffiti. Ah, um, People in Syria, people in Syria that were that are caught up over there in Syria, ah. they have they have took messages and put them on a Bitcoin blockchain. Um, because anything you put in a Bitcoin blockchain is is there forever. It's yeah, never, yeah. It'll never. It can never be ah. written over. It can never be erased or changed. No. So it's an immutable system. It can't yeah. be changed. It's immutable. Cool. So that people people use the Bitcoin blockchain for way more than just doing transactions with Bitcoin. This is truly a neutral system. Right. If you want to attach something to a Bitcoin transaction, all you have to do is take a few satoshis. And you can attach a picture. Ah, uh, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. Attach yeah. It'll come anything. Yeah, you're right. Yes, and yeah. they're gonna mine it, and it's gonna be mined into the blockchain, okay. and it'll be there forever, as long as that blockchain is in the world, on some computer somewhere on this planet, or in the sky, in a, in a, because you know they also have satellites, satellites up there yeah, with, yeah, that yeah. hold the Bitcoin blockchain also. So as long as there is a computer or a satellite somewhere with the Bitcoin blockchain downloaded to it that information will be there able to be seen by anyone with a block explorer and the final one public okay public you have public and you have private bitcoin is a public blockchain and um so that means anyone again this goes back to open anyone can join anyone can also take a block explorer like i just said and you can view every single transaction that has ever happened in bitcoin history all the way to the very first transaction ever done you can see exactly where every piece of a bitcoin sits in a wallet it's public for anybody to see for anybody to validate for anybody to verify for anybody to uh audit um it can be audited the code can be audited it's public the code is the open source code um uh, so it's completely open. It's completely public for anybody in the world to see and view. 
It's transparent. 100% transparent. Unlike anything that we have as far as our current banking system, as far as our current networks, as far as our current cor corporations, mm -hmm. everything they do is closed source. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not, they don't let the public see what's going on. And, um, and, and another thing is yeah. our government. Our government is so, so opaque, so opaque, or yeah. however you want to pronounce it. Yeah, you can't see what they're doing. You yeah. ask them what's going on with your tax money, they can't tell you where your tax money is going. Sure. Um, there's 20 to $28 trillion worth of debt. And the 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 Justice Department, uh, uh, the Pentagon or the Justice Department, one of them, um, can't account for twenty two trillion dollars in money. Insane. It just disappeared. Twenty two trillion dollars can't be accounted for. Um, so. So when you take blockchain technology and you put governance on the blockchain, you take voting and you put that on the blockchain, you take every penny that the taxpayers money gets paid to the government and you put that on the blockchain now there's no theft in the government you can see every single penny when and where it goes mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying and this is going to change our world eventually that is going to happen mm -hmm. and there's plenty of blockchain projects right now that are showing this in real world uh use cases yeah yeah so so the government knows that eventually People are going to be knocking on their door saying, you can no longer keep doing this shit that you're doing. Yeah. You can no longer longer keep this opaque system that you have going. It must be transparent. Yeah. If you are anything what you say you are, you have to move over to this. It's more secure. It's less money involved mm -hmm. that you would have to be paying. The taxpayers get to save a lot of money. It's more secure and it's transparent and it's public. So eventually the government is going to have to bow down to this public blockchain. Yeah, the, the genie's out the bottle with this blockchain technology. The and, genie and, is and, definitely and out not, of the it's, bottle. It's not going back in, yes. so we got to get used to it. Um, sure, sure. So should people who have invested in Bitcoin be concerned about price and its volatility? Well, I guess it all depends on what's the purpose of your investment. Mm -hmm. um, me, personally... When I approach Bitcoin, and I'm again, I'm not a financial advisor or anything, so I don't want to seem like I'm trying to give somebody financial advice. I don't. I'm already in the feds, but I, I don't want them to knock on my door and say, you know, the SEC and say I've been giving financial advice. But <laughs> yeah, the way <laughs> the way I approach it, yeah. the way I approach it is that I'm investing in the future of everything. Yeah. So when I find these good projects that are that are that are creating these things that I know are going to reshape our world, right? I, I want to invest in those things, mm -hmm. and I'm going to put money into those things, and I'm not going to pull it out. I don't care what the market does. I don't care if it's up 50% today and down 30% tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I don't really care because mm -hmm. I'm invested into the future. Now, for traders, people who do day trading and things like that, I mean, of course, they want to be concerned about the price action on a day-to-day -day basis, a day-to-day -day basis, because they're trying to get a small profit quick. They're trying to get a quick profit. They're trying to make a quick dollar. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And my aim is to exit the dollar. I don't care about a quick dollar. I'm trying to exit the dollar mm -hmm. completely mm -hmm. because I know the quicker I exit the dollar, the quicker I stop empowering the person that's oppressing me. Mm -hmm. Because whenever you uh, utilize the dollar, you're empowering the, the oppressor. Mm -hmm. The more you use U.S. dollars, the more you empower the oppressor.
So my plan is to exit the dollar and to convince as many people as possible. Exit the dollar. The dollar has no future. If you stay in the dollar, you're going into the lake of fire along with the dollar. The dollar is on it's on a it's on a slide. You ever seen a slide at the playground that yep. the kids slide down? Yeah. The dollar is on a slide that's headed straight into the lake of fire. I do not want to be riding that dollar bill. I want to I want to be on riding a Bitcoin or a chain link or a uh, uh, or a chain X coin or I want to be riding a cryptocurrency and to jump uh, past past. Uh, past the moon, past past Mars, on our way to Jupiter or somewhere. <laughs> so and, just, uh, I don't want to be in the lake of fire, so, so I don't want anything to do with a U.S. dollar. So would you would you would you say that your view on the U.S. dollar is consistent with all fiat currencies? So you're talking about any fiat currency for any country uh, with just the U.S. dollar? Eventually, eventually, I'm going to say eventually yes, because there's not a fiat there's not a fiat currency in history that has not failed. Mm-hmm. They have all failed. One hundred percent fiat currency has failed. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's not one example of a fiat currency in the world history ever being successful. It all, it always, it always ends up overinflated. They mm-hmm. always print, 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 print. They always print the value out of it yeah. and destroy the people and 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 the and the economy. Yeah. And those at the top, they never, they never have to suffer because they have come, they, because they have uh, compounded and, and they have compiled so many assets and they, so much of the land, yeah. Yeah. so much yeah. of the corporations that okay, yeah. if you destroy the economy, it doesn't even affect you nah, because nah, you nah. own everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are the people who control the fiat currency. And it's the same yeah. people. Yeah. So Bitcoin threatens them. Bitcoin, Bitcoin brings something to the table that they that they have never seen ever, that they didn't even think. It's the, Bitcoin is the boogeyman that they didn't think was real. Bitcoin <laughs> is the unicorn that nobody thought was real. So, so just in terms of Bitcoin, what what do you see it as? Do you see it as peer to peer electronic cash, or do you see it as a safe haven asset, like a, or savings technology, as I tend to call it? What, what do you see it as? Or is it just different things well, for different people? It can, it, for, for, for different people, it can be all of those things. Right. Okay. If they know how to use it. Right. It can be all of those things. Um, it can be a safe haven. Um, it can be uh, it can be easily day traded if you know what you're doing. Mm. It can be uh, um, it could be uh, 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 an asset that is that is going to uh, skyrocket in value every four years, and. Um, I mean, whatever you want Bitcoin to be, it can be. Right. And if and if it's and if it's not something you want it to be, then you can build a code right on top of it, or you can fork Bitcoin's code and, and create your own version. Mm. If it's not exactly what you want. Mm. Which we saw happen with Bitcoin Cash, but I don't know. Bitcoin Cash has got <laughs> much longer. Well, to live, and, but and every every other every other cryptocurrency was birthed yeah, from yeah, Bitcoin's open source code. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say whether it was whether it's Ethereum or Bitcoin Cash or um, of any of these other cryptocurrencies out there, the idea, the seed idea, started with Bitcoin and it's open source code. So, um, so if it's not exactly what you want, you have you you don't need the permission to take that code or take one of the codes that was written from it and build from there.
and make whatever you want to make. You can innovate. You can create whatever it is you can imagine. Yeah. And um, and it's really limited. Bitcoin is limited to whatever your imagination is. And I think that's if I had to really put a, a label on Bitcoin, I would say it was a seed that you could create anything your mind desired from it. Amazing. So just for this last little section, I just want to talk about new money revolution. So as we say in London, mm -hmm. that's your thing. Yeah, that's your little project. So uh, can you just give yes. us, yeah, tell us about new money revolution. Okay, like I said, uh, I got to this prison about nine months ago. I transferred to this prison. I ended up getting this phone about six or seven months ago. I ended up getting this, about six months ago, I ended up getting this this phone from a, from another prisoner. Uh, I paid for uh, a hefty price for it, but it Damn. allowed me to reach out to the world. Um, I haven't been on the internet in over eight years. Wow. Um, I haven't had any access to any kind of internet. They do have computers in here that we can write emails on, but it's it's a sandbox yeah. setup. Yeah. So course. we don't have access to the internet. We write we write our emails, and then our emails goes to a yeah. company that has a website called CoreLinks, and then CoreLinks lets our family members create um, an account or register, and then they can access our messages in CoreLink. So we don't have real email. Inhumane. We don't have access to the internet here. Yeah. Um, so what happened is I got the telephone, and um, I went to Facebook, and I created a group called New Money Revolution so that I could help spread the word and educate people about this technology. Um, so... The name of the name of the group is New Money Revolution. Um, uh, a few people that um, I had met on Facebook talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, and um, that's how we met. And that's I just how, started, that's how I bumped yeah, into you. <laughs> yeah, I've met a lot of people. Wow. I've met a lot of people actually. Um, I got on. I got on. Um, I got on YouTube, and I was searching for: Is there any black people? Uh, any black groups anywhere involved in cryptocurrency Man. Um, because I have some major ideas and um, that I would love to share with, with other black people that probably got the same kind of ideas. Mm. And I found, uh, I found Deidre. Yeah. 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 Um, she, she, she was doing an interview with three, with two black guys and a black woman about gaming and using blockchain. Mm. And I sent her a message on YouTube and I said, Hey, um, I've been looking for black people involved in you know involved in um cryptocurrency and blockchain technology yeah and she you know she told me that there was a group on facebook and i went and found it and i joined it yeah so now uh just about everything i post in my own group i post also over there and um and their group and i also invited everybody from my group to join their group so yeah um, everybody in my group i also posted the uh link to black people in cryptocurrency in my group, new yeah. new money revolution. But like I said, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So so yeah, so like I was saying, was I pretty much um, I created the group to help educate others, um, not just black people, but anybody um, about this technology because I, I I think this is way bigger than anything racial or mm -hmm. yep. uh, religious or creed Concerns. or anything like that. I I'm not I'm not into it like that and. And it and it kind of and it kind of like when I'm in when I'm in a group black people in cryptocurrency, it kind of makes me feel sometimes that that they kind that they may a lot of people in the group may not understand that and they might they might be short sighting themselves or, mm -hmm. or short 
mm-hmm. short side themselves because I understand it's black people and cryptocurrency, but you have to understand that the people who are feeding the technology, the ideas into this technology, you can't you can't limit that to a complexion. No. You no can't way. limit your access to these ideas to a complexion. No, even right. though we are black people and we stand to benefit more than anybody else from this yeah. technology because of our financial condition, you still cannot block out the great ideas that come from others. Hundred percent. Um so so even though I'm, I love the group Black People and Cryptocurrency, I don't I don't want to see, and I haven't seen it, but I just hope that they're not eschewing and that they're not blocking information that might be coming from someone that's not Black. So a lot of my great ideas um, that I share are shared by those who are not Black. Yeah, I have a lot of great ideas, and I see my ideas being implemented in 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 in, in uh uh youtube videos and stuff and i share it yeah. because i've had these ideas for years mm. these people are saying things that i've been saying for years and um so i share it and i say okay i've been saying this stuff forever oh let me you know people won't listen to me because they don't you know they think i'm just some guy on facebook mm. or they think i'm just some black guy or they think i'm just a person they grew up with but if I show them this video of this other person saying it, whether they're black or white, and this person got, you know, this person got 79,000 followers, mm. you know, or subscribers, listen to what this guy's saying. He's saying the same thing I'm saying, mm. you know, and he's got 80,000 subscribers, you know. And um, so, uh, so my, my, my mission with the group was just to bring people in and give them the basics. Yeah. And that's what I try to do. People have come to my group and they have tried to put things up about their own little personal, uh, uh, not projects, but their own little personal uh, uh, advertisements and stuff like that. I don't allow this kind of stuff. So I keep I, I, I keep a very strict, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I keep it very strict on what I allow to be posted in my group. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to approve anything that's posted in my group because yeah, I don't want, I confusion down yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah especially yeah, with yeah. the people the people who are new to cryptocurrency they already don't know anything about yeah, anything. yeah. and the last thing you want them to do is be confused by somebody coming talking about uh price actions and day-to-day trade and, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff i don't i don't know i'm not letting that kind of stuff be posted in my group i want to stick to the basics yeah and i want to st- stick to the history of money and stuff like that to help a person understand yeah. what this technology means. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll post something like, you know, Bitcoin is, 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 is pumping up. It don't went up in value today or something like that, you know, but other than that, I don't, I don't, I don't, I stay away from out of the, the, the day trading and the price actions and stuff like that. I, yeah. I pretty much talk about the technology and try to stick to the basics and answer. I've told people post, ask questions, but a lot of people in my group, I'm going to be honest, they're, they're just not participating. I don't understand. I, I don't know. It's, it's, so yeah, I, I mean, ask other people to post. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, no, no, just before I talk, uh, shout out to Deidre because uh, we've got Deidre. She's going to do a call with us as well, similar to what you're doing as well. So looking forward to that at the end of the month. So we'll just get her her view on it but um yeah you're right it's, it can be challenging okay. especially with new people so uh, when i have new ideas i normally go to my family 
and and if I can if I can get some of my family up the knowledge curve, then I'm quite confident that I could go and talk to anybody else. But you have to really keep the message basic. And you have to really yeah. put it in words that people understand. Yes. So all of this yes. price action and, as you say, day trading, it, it, it can be too much for people. So you just got yes. to be careful for that. So just in terms of your peers, um, the people that you're talking to inside, let's say, prison, um, how, how how are they finding the idea of Bitcoin? Is it, is it something that is a bit beyond them or is it something that they yeah how hard is it to 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 share this message well trying getting on the phone and trying to convince a family member and talking to a guy in prison about bitcoin is pretty much there's no difference yeah again it, it depends on the person's background knowledge it depends on um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it depends on the person um i have reached quite a few people in, in prison but many, 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 many more. I was now. I was not able to reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've, I've I've reached quite a few people, but there's many, many, many more that I was not able to. Yeah. Uh, you know, get in, get them interested or or understand why mm-hmm. it was important or or just to be interested at all. Yeah. So that's that's that's. That that more that more deals with the individual. Okay. Um, some people just you just can't reach, yeah. and uh, you you're not going to be able to reach everybody. Yeah. Um. But but you maybe but maybe you've planted a seed, and later on down the line they're going to see, see it. They're going to see it. Yeah. If you if you go to if you go to block one day, I wrote an article called uh, I call, I, I titled it Bitcoin. Um, 2020 to 2021 is going to um is going to um uh you know uh uh something headlines how do yeah, i say yeah. it uh, uh it's gonna dominate headlines okay. that's what i said that, that's okay. what i titled it bitcoin 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 2020 to 2021 will dominate headlines and when this when it when it reaches this twenty thousand dollar level again yeah. And it continues to go from there, which we Pe- know people will look for you. Know, <laughs> by then, they'll be too late. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. It that's gets a, that's a sad Sixty thousand dollars. When it reaches a hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and they want to know, well, how do I buy? Yeah. You're going to be too. This is too late now. That's You're too, buying yeah. it at such a, a high value. I mean, it's not too late. Yeah, but it's too late to really change your life the yeah. way it could change your life if you would have listened to me. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. When I try to bring it to the table. Cool. Um, you know, and uh, but it's not too late. You yeah. can still get, you know, make a lot of money. But the more important thing is you need to learn the technology, learn about the technology. 100%. So I know you haven't got too much time left, so I'm gonna just fire out a few more questions and then we can okay. call it there. So okay, so just looking at Bitcoin moving forward, what do you, what do you see as the biggest challenges to mass adoption? Challenges to mass adoption, and when it comes to Bitcoin, is is as the developers say. The developers, as as any developer would tell you, it has to be easier for people to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bitcoin, and and, I, and I'm not sure you can really get there with Bitcoin. 
because when you're dealing with this technology, you, you have to deal with that. Well, you don't have to deal with addresses because they have uh, unstoppable domains. Um, I, I think it's just going to come to a point to where it'll be so easy to use where you can just tap a button. You don't have to copy and paste addresses and you don't have to uh, uh, get the token address and add the token address over here to your wallet and to get mm -hmm. a coin that you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. Um, when we're dealing with Earth 20 tokens, um, Web 3 is going to have to be a lot easier to understand for people and, and the browsers, Web 3 browsers. So, like I said at the beginning of our talk, maybe a lot of those people are going to have to just die off. Yeah. Before, before we, a lot of the, a lot of the older people who don't get it and they, they still have power in the world and they still have influence over people and persuasion, I think maybe it's going to have to come to a point where most of them are just going to have to die off mm. Mm. before we see any real-world adoption. And when I say real-world adoption, I'm speaking of the technology. We can have a real-world adoption of the of the currency or the, the Bitcoin as a reserve current. We're already seeing that. When you see banks and corporations um, uh, trading all of their fiat reserve for for Bitcoin, I think I think that's about as close to, to mass adoption as you can get. It might mm. not be the normal people in the masses using it, yeah. but when you have major institutions and corporations yeah. throwing away their fiat and putting this in their reserve, I think that's a sign that we're pretty much at uh, at or on yeah. our way to mass adoption so, as so far you, as the use. Uh, micro strategy in the last two weeks who purchased two hundred fifty million worth of Bitcoin. Um, of course, and yeah. that was that was their entire cash reserve. Yeah, yeah, thirty yeah, percent of their, their entire. Worth. Yeah, that was their entire cash reserve, and then we had another fund. We had another fund, uh, a hedge fund manager that that just dumped a lot of their um, uh, investment into directly into Bitcoin. Yeah. Um. Then you have uh, it, there was another story this week, this past week or two. It's where happening. It's happening. It's happening. Yes, I mean, so, 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 it, I mean, and we already knew this, yeah. people that know this technology, people who understand Bitcoin, really understand Bitcoin, you, you knew this years ago, yeah. you knew this day was coming years ago, Yeah. Um. And, and, and a lot of, a lot of people who know Bitcoin, they tell you, they'll tell you, you know, first they're going to laugh at you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, then they're going to talk about you. Yeah. You know, then they're going to fight you and then they lose. We already <laughs> knew this day was coming. Sure. This is the day. This is the day that's showing you that they lose. You either get with it or you get rolled over. So anybody who really, truly understands this technology, see where we're headed. It's it's not it's not it doesn't take a genius. You don't need bifocals to understand what this technology means. It's very easy to see where we're headed. But for a person that's just looking at price action and a person that just thinks it's about Oh, all these cryptocurrencies is being created and they're not backed by nothing. We're, and it's, yeah, 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 you're just joining the Bitcoin bandwagon because you think it's going to be money one day. See, those kind of people, they don't get it. They'll mm. never get it. Mm. They'll never understand it. But the people who truly understand decentralization, peer-to-peer -peer transactions and networks, people who truly understand what these things mean, it's not difficult to see where we're headed. Mm. It's not difficult to see that this is going to completely change government as we know it. Okay, so on that note, 
I'll lead into my next question. Uh, yeah. What What are your predictions for the next five to ten years for Bitcoin? Wow. And this space. First and foremost, Bitcoin's price by the end of next year will be above four hundred thousand dollars for one. Wow, coin. that's big numbers you're talking there, you know, Benny. <laughs> but that's nothing new. If yeah. you look at if you, if you look if you look at Bitcoin's price action, let's look at the price action and value over its last two halving cycles. Yeah. Okay. The first halving cycle, um, it went from thirty four dollars to $1,124. Okay, that's an increase of over 9,000%. Yep, facts. Now let that sink in. Yeah. 9,000%. Matter of fact, let's go to the Genesis block when Bitcoin was worth nothing, January 3rd of 2009. And the very first time it got any value was when a guy on a forum sold another guy two large Papa John pieces yep. for 10,000 Bitcoins. That was on May 22nd of 2010. Yep. Nearly a year and a half after Bitcoin was created, it was worth three-tenths of a penny. If you take 10,000 Bitcoins at three-tenths of a penny, that gives you a value of about $30. Yeah. That means each large piece was about $15 a piece. Two large pieces. Three-tenths of a penny. If you look at the three-tenths of a penny to the $20,000 Bitcoin we saw in 2017, that's over an 800 million percent increase. Mm. That is over 800 million percent increase. It's insane. That is completely insane, (laughs) but it's real. We saw it happen. It's like the pyramid in Giza, in Egypt. Nobody can understand how that thing was put together, but we can see it. It's there. It happened. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> it happened. We don't know. We can't explain it, yep. but it is sitting there. It happened. Yeah. Yeah. So so you look at the very first halving where it went from $34 to $1,124. That's a 9,000% increase. Yeah. And you look at the second halving. When it went from six hundred and fifty dollars to over twenty thousand dollars, that's over a four thousand percent increase. It mm. repeatedly is doing these retarded jumps mm. every four years mm. based on the issuance. Now, one thing you got to take into into consideration is that we didn't have institution investors. Mm. We didn't have these easy on ramps like Cash App. Mm. We didn't have these things in 2013 we didn't have these things in 2017 so now we have these easy arm reps in 2020 now we have institution investors hedge fund managers banks governments we have iran the government of iran iran is mining bitcoin with a nuclear plant And just to, just to add to that, the the the, the, so, price, <laughs> the, the, so. the the value of those two pizzas uh, are worth around a uh, hundred million right now in, in, in at the current Bitcoin. When price. Bitcoin when Bitcoin yeah. was up to twenty thousand dollars, those two pieces maxed out at about at about uh, seven hundred million or something yeah, yeah, eight hundred yeah, yeah. million. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That's so insane. so. 
So its deflationary value is insane. Yeah. We see what is deflationary behavior, what it does. Instead of rising prices, it drives prices down so far. It's it's unbelievable. So so when we're looking at the halving we just had in May of this year, and we're looking at December, we're eyeballing December of next year as the peak of this bull run, okay, at its highest peak. We're looking at somewhere between 4,000 and 9,000% increase. Mm. And that's just, and that's being, that's being modest. That's using, that's using modest numbers, and I know that's in, that's completely unbelievable for any person's mind to say, or do you really think that we're going there? And all you have to do is go back to his past cycles and you look at those numbers. And then you look at the uh, and you look at the adoption rate that's going on now, the easy on ramps. It should be easy to see that 400,000 is the lowest number that we're going to see by the end of 2021. Well, they do say in investing that the, the past is not an indicator of the future. And this is me playing, devil, is me playing now, devil's advocate. Yes, and that's, and that's fine and dandy. And they have a saying. They have a saying in, on Wall Street. They have a saying, right? Yeah. If it happened in the past multiple times, right, there's nothing that says it won't happen again. If this thing is consistently doing this, okay, and then the conditions for it to do it again becomes even better and more, is. And, and, and more favorable, yes. there is absolutely no reason yeah. it should not do it again. If you're if you're thinking about not buying Bitcoin at $12,000 or even $15,000 because you think it's too much or you think you're too late, <laughs> yeah. you will be the laughing stock of the entire crypto community in the next year and a half. If you think that the if you think that the CME gap of $9,600 needs to be filled <laughs> and that's what you're waiting on. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not saying the $9,600 gap can't be filled, but what I'm saying if that's what you're betting on, if you're betting on that <laughs> and that's what you're waiting on to get into Bitcoin, uh you might want to reevaluate, you know, uh, uh, your lot, you know, your way of thinking. You might want to reevaluate your perception of the world, how you see the world, um, because anybody that understands that Bitcoin is going to a bare minimum of four hundred thousand by the end of next year, they know that dollar cost average, dollar cost uh, uh, average, buy it, buy it, and buy it, and buy it, mm. and buy a little bit of it every week or every month, whatever you can afford, mm -hmm. and hold it. Mm -hmm. That that's that 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 is just common sense. Mm -hmm. But it's only common sense to people who understand Bitcoin. Yeah, it's not common sense to anybody that doesn't understand it. So so um, so, so then, then so then it's not common sense. It's not common. <laughs> well, then it's not common. Uh, yeah, you're right. So so then, but yeah. if you're if, if 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 you're a person that understands Bitcoin, it should be common. Yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, it's common sense. It should yeah. be common sense. So you've got someone who's never bought Bitcoin before. Before maybe mm -hmm. they've heard about it, mm -hmm. but to them, you know, when they need to go shop, they've got money on their debit card. The world, the world is okay. The world works for them currently. Why do these people need to care about Bitcoin? Like, I mean, the world works for them at the moment. That that probably that prob that probably does it. It 
probably doesn't. I mean, you could you could you could try to convince that person and tell them and, and educate educate them about it. But like you said, the world is fine. Yeah, I I could care less whether Bitcoin solves the world's problems or not. I'm okay, right? So to that person, they could they could give two shits. They don't yeah. care. Yeah, they could care less until the dollar crashes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they lose their home, and their bank account is locked, and they and the bank won't let them withdraw any money. Um, their credit cards uh, uh, are maxed out, or or their credit cards no longer work. Um, until those things happen to that person, they don't care. Yeah. And that's not the people that really that really are going to be interested anyway. You'll probably be wasting your breath trying to convince that yeah, person. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you talk about people in Venezuela, when you talk about people in Uganda, when you talk about people in Zimbabwe, when Nigeria, you talk about yeah. when you talk about people in these third world countries that are being completely crushed by the IMF and central banks, yeah. when you tell them about Bitcoin, you don't have to explain hard. They, they get you it. Don't have, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of explaining. They get it at very all. quickly. Yeah. They get it. At all. It doesn't take a lot of explaining. Because they understand. Yeah. They know an angel when they see an angel fall out the sky. They're not gonna mistake it as a dragon. They're not gonna mistake it as a, a meteor. They know an angel when they see one. Um so unlike a lot of these people here, these spoiled people in America. Uh, they don't understand it. They see an uh, angel fall out the sky, and they want to take out their AR-15 and shoot it. They're not going to get it. It's yeah. not for them. No. Um, for for poor black people in America that are full of knowledge, they should immediately get it. Mm-hmm. You would think. Um, I'm one of those people. I'm a, I'm a poor person from America of mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. I understand the, the, the monetary system. Mm-hmm. And um, and when I saw the Internet of Money, I immediately understood that this meant freedom for black people. If black people, if, if black people could latch on to it yeah. and understand what it meant. Mm-hmm. If black people learned coding and built on top of these uh, open networks, mm-hmm. I understood mm-hmm. what that meant. Mm-hmm. But nah. um, I'm trying to encourage bold ideas. I want to see us emboldened and stop being fearful and stop waiting for them to give us a handout. 100%. We have the we have everything we need. We have every tool we need with this technology to break out of the box. We don't need them now. 100%. We could easily create a we could easily create a project and crowdfund it globally. Interesting. We don't need to ask them for any more re- reparations. No. We know they owe us. They don't want to give it to us. But now we have the tools to build our own house. And we don't even have to physically lo- relocate. We don't even have to physically, geologically relocate. We can build this world in cyberspace. Amazing. And they will not be able to touch us. Just for someone who is new to the space, what would you say is the first three things they should do on on entering this space read the internet of money by andreas okay that's number one <laughs> we've advertised that book a lot on this so andreas better <laughs> give us some kickbacks on that but all right that's, that's number first. one <laughs> yeah that's number one yeah. before you do anything yeah download a wallet get yeah. you a good wallet like atomic wallet exodus wallet yeah um get you a web3 browser wallet like i am token or math wallet yeah um and start doing your own research 
into these projects, these these crypto projects, what kind of solutions they are bringing to the world. Yeah. Um, and make sure you buy some of these coins um, yeah. so that you can financially reap the benefits of being an early, early, early adopter. Yeah. Um, I will give you some suggestions. I will say Chainlink. Okay. Of course, Bitcoin and Ethereum. You're not going to need Ethereum to move any ERC-20 tokens. Yeah. So you're going to need some Ethereum. Um, have you some kind of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Get you some Chainlink. Get you some Chainx, which is PCX. Mm-hmm. Get you some DOT tokens. Polkadot. Polkadot. Polkadot yeah. um, and, the, and the rest of them, do your own research. Okay. So you're, you're clearly not a Bitcoin maximalist. You're not someone who believes it's Bitcoin. Absolutely not. Bitcoin okay. might not even survive. Bitcoin could possibly one day be destroyed. Who knows? <laughs> but one thing for sure, <laughs> you're not going to destroy these 5,000 other projects. And then the final question is more mm-hmm. to say, if people want to hear more about Bernie, people want to read you some of the bits that you've written, where can they go and find and hear more from you? Uh, you can type in uh, Block One Daily, blockonedaily.com. Yep. Um, I have a, 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 a forward slash author, forward slash uh, Benny. And you will you will find about 10 or 11 articles that I've written. I've written for Block One Daily. Um, even the chief editor, I, re, I rewrote one of the chief editor's articles. He he liked in my, my writing so much, he asked me to rewrite one of his articles. Oh, wow. um, I rewrote yeah. an article for him. Yeah, I rewrote an article for him. His name was Sky Elysian. Okay. And I rewrote an article for him um, about this being the last time uh, the, the, the average person being able to afford a whole Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So I renamed it. This will be the, I, I, you can bet both your eyebrows. Um, this will be the last time that uh, uh, the average person will be able to afford a whole Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went from the from the beginning all the way to the last halving, all the way to what the numbers look like for the future as far as um, where Bitcoin is going, as far as people being able to afford a whole. I'm really looking forward to reading these. But um, I, listen, we we can talk for another two hours. But I just yeah, <laughs> just yeah, conscious no. that you you got you <laughs> got stuff to do, here. you got shit to do. So I'm not gonna hold you hold you here. But yeah, I'm gonna, right, I've really here. enjoyed this conversation, and I would like to do a part two. Maybe we can start discussing go sure, a bit sure. deeper I'll, into I'll um, yeah. DeFi. Probably talk about blockchain um, blockchain projects. I wish which, we could have got into some yeah. DeFi. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. It, it might be a little too much for some people right now, but like we can definitely jump into some DeFi. And <laughs> been a real enjoyable chat, Matt. You're a knowledgeable guy. All so I can, okay, say all I can say to you is just persevere, man. Just stay strong. Um, yes, sir. In your, in your current environment. Hopefully the COVID situation hasn't been too bad for you guys in there, and you guys are holding up. Yeah, it's been pretty bad, but ah, I've been safe man. so far. Yeah, man. So just ho- hope you still stay fit and healthy. Keep doing what you're doing, and and yes, I, and I hope that this goes out and and people really see what you're doing, and 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 you find people to partner with and really get your ideas out there. And so and that's what we're pushing for with this. So. I'm looking forward uh-huh. to it going out there and people to listen to this. So, uh, yeah, appreciate it. So, yeah, man, thank you. I really appreciate it also for the opportunity, man. Oh, um, uh, I have a lot of friends and family that I'm pretty sure would love to uh, 
uh, uh, uh, get a bite of this, man, if you could sure. make sure you send me a link to it. Right, you know, so, this is my first podcast. This is my first interview. Yeah, right, man, right. I, I, I'm wishing some good stuff from this. Uh, you know your stuff. Uh, yeah, let's 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 keep in contact, bro. Like I, I said, time, man, I really appreciate the, ha- having this opportunity, man. Uh, Thank you very much. Same, man. same, same with you, man. Same Mouse. with you. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's it, bro. So I'll leave you to it, and you have a beautiful rest of your day, man. Appreciate it. All right, you take too, care, man. All right, take care, bro. Enjoy. Nice one. Wow, what do you think? And again, another enjoyable and insightful conversation with a Bitcoin expert so if you're someone who only looks at bitcoin as a speculative asset i think having listened to that conversation you might look at bitcoin a bit differently and see it for the wider benefits that it holds starting the podcast a key thing that i really wanted to contribute and help achieve is is adding to the diversification of the narrative of Bitcoin and and just really getting insight from from people from all different walks of life, from all different backgrounds to to give their view on Bitcoin. Um, And I think we really achieved that today. This is a really unique view. To say Benny is bullish on Bitcoin is a, is a bit of an understatement. He's very positive about it, uh, and, and 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 I do share a lot of his uh, his viewpoints. Uh, but the fact is that no one can one hundred percent say what is going to happen in the future to Bitcoin. We're all in one way or another speculating. Um, some of us have. Uh, quite accurate models which we base our speculations on some are speculating on 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 a whim there's uh there's no guarantees out here but all we can do is really just go with our instincts and i think when you talk to benny about bitcoin he does fill you with assurance that you are doing the right thing you are investing in a better future some people may be investing in bitcoin to become rich but I think ultimately a lot of people who do believe in Bitcoin are doing it because they're trying to invest in a better tomorrow. Um, But whether that's the case and how it unfolds, I guess time will tell. All I can say again is thank you to Benny. Such a smart and articulate guy. I really hope he gets a chance to fulfill his potential that the system has temporarily robbed him of. Uh, and it is a grown man. He made his decisions in life, but we'll be lying if we said that the American justice system isn't effed up. It is like it's clear to see. Um, but that's another discussion for another day. So, guys, again, please subscribe, like, comment. Uh, please look at the show notes if you want. Uh, links to any of uh, Benny's uh, articles written by Benny. Please look at the show notes. Any books that we've discussed, like The Internet of Money, please check out the show notes. And and in your comments, just feedback. If there's anything that you want to ask Benny, anything that I should have asked. But I'd like to do a part two of this. So we really want your feedback to uh, come out with even better content each time. So... Again, thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. I'm Bitcoin by Mouse. 
And this is Genesis Block Education. Thank you.